So we're really going to mm. talk about today the topic. I want you to really get this because we bring a lot of what has happened to us on ourselves. And the topic, because we need a topic, is uh, <laughs> disarming tragedy in your life. Wow. Disarming tragedy in your life. Tragedy could be considered to be destruction. Tragedy is hurt, pain, problems, something very severe. Severe pain and hurt and troubles and problems and destruction. Today, teaching is going to be about disarming that in your life. And um, just I'm going to give you, before I get into study, a prime example of, because we've been put in this world, but we're not of the world, those who are born again. That's right. Yet we experience in our body sometimes sickness, disease. Pastor, even in my own study, I realize when we talk, we say God permit and allow, I realize there's a deeper understanding than that. I have to step. I had to step back from what we think you permit and allow because mm -hmm. that's Good. almost like a religious response. You know, yeah. um, a person get raped, and well, it happened to me. He permit and allow because it did happen, right? Yeah, it happened. But did he permit? Did he allow? For the simple fact that you're placed in this world, and in this world, there's nothing good in this world. Sin is in this world because right. of that. So now, because now, I'm going to get ahead of my study, is that I want you to stop using religious yes. responses to your life because that can bring tragedy. It brings destruction. I realized when my arm uh, was, I was, my elbow arm thing was swollen and I woke up that morning, I couldn't share, I couldn't move it. I could not move it. It felt like... Didn't even feel like I had a stroke because I couldn't, I had no senses, no feeling, nothing, no tingling, wasn't numb. It was just, just there. And when I came to prayer on Tuesday, I was like, this can't be. And when I was speaking, I was giving life to what I was saying. And then when I turned my back and I faced the wall, and within my heart, I just felt this undescribable love of God all over me. And I knew he heard my cry. I knew he heard my prayer. And I didn't, immediately I said, I know my God, yep. and my God knows me. Amen. No, I know my God. And not only that I know him, but he knows me. Yeah. He knows what I'm feeling. He knows, then all, I mean, a vast volume of information of who I am and what he's called me to be just, just went through me. And so the word, I gave the word life inside of me Amen. instead of speaking death. Oh, this or that is wrong with you. I stopped speaking. I stopped thinking that. I stopped imagining that. And I didn't realize, because when you turn towards God for an answer fee, he's going to answer you. Mm -hmm. When you really, really turn to him for an answer, he will answer you. And I turned earnestly to my God for an answer. And what he did, he immediately reassured me that I am your God, Jehovah Nisi. I am your healer. Amen. It was, I gave life to that. I didn't realize not only that he, the scripture that you've heard in the past, he'll bring it back to your memories. I didn't realize that what I was speaking was out of the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. It speaks and it says that a righteous person, when you pray and cry out to me, he said, I will hear you mm -hmm. and I will heal you for I am your God. Amen. That was my exact request and my prayer, not realizing it was from the book of Psalms. My whole point is saying that is that you have to give the word of God life. And to give the word of God life is to have faith. Not your senses. Before I even get into the, the main scripture, no, I need to talk about patient. Patient being a spiritual force because that girds up your faith. Amen. Your patient holds up your faith so your faith doesn't fail. Waver. Mm. It girds it up. It guards it. It holds up your faith. Your patience is a spiritual 
force, and this spiritual force is considered to be consistent and unchangeable. Mm. Consistent and unchangeable. That's what patient is. That's the type of force that it is. It causes you, when a situation happens, that you don't change because the situation is changing. Things in your life change, but you don't respond to that change according to the world way of responding. I don't get depressed. I rejoice because my faith is girded up with my patience, causing me to be constant and unchangeable, always looking and saying the same thing, the word. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but faith comes by hearing yes. and hearing by the word, word of God. So this is a lot of times where our deficiency is in the word. Mm -hmm. Disarming tragedy. Hmm. Tragedy is considered to be what's called calamity in our lives. Did anyone feel like you have any calamity, some destruction, some trouble, some problems in your life? I have. Well, basically, we've bought it on ourselves. We invite tragedy in our lives. Mm. Tragedy doesn't consider to come uninvited. Tragedy don't come in and kick your door down or <laughs> try to break in through your back door, get in through your window. You invite tragedy. Mm -hmm. It is the breeding ground for a lot of us Christians. Tragedy is. It comes into our marriages. It comes into our personal relationships. It comes in our work environment. And it comes in with our interaction, even within yourself. Mm -hmm. Destruction, tragedy, hurt, pain, severe hurt, pain, and trouble. Needless problems. That shouldn't even be there. Needless problems. Uh-oh. Don't have a job, but I'm not looking. Needless problems. That's something you can change. Needless. I owe some bills, but I will not manage my money well. Mm. Needless problems. Oh, you is coming for it. Hang around the wrong people. Mm -mm. Find myself in the wrong place. That could be family, too. Exactly. Needless problems, issues, situations in our lives. Whether it's sickness in, in our bodies, but then we, we call them for healing. What are you eating? Oh. Mm. Are you exercising? Are you exercising? But this is the enemy. Y'all pray it off me. Why are you invited to tragedy? And pass the gravy. Think about it. Think about what you're inviting in your life. It could be a person. Mm. Tragedy. It's no good for me. Mm. Mm. And when you invite tragedy in your life, you invite it in the lives of your loved ones around you. You invite it in your children. And as much as we say we love our children, what are you doing? Because this is what happens even in our lives what our parents and their parents did before us is that we have become a byproduct of their tragedy that they willingly invited. But we're going to talk about more about that and, and really what's the main source of that destruction that we invite. We invite destruction. Mm. As believers, God has revealed the main source of our destruction. This really could be the whole summation of the message, but we have more to come. Is that my people are destroyed. Get it? Destruction. Source of destruction? God's word is so good. Mm. Has, has all the answers in there. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. This is the source of destruction. This is the source of tragedy. Mm. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge and because they fail to apply knowledge with <laughs> wisdom. This is what God has revealed for us. When you talk about knowledge, he's talking about revelation knowledge. He said, my people are destroyed because of their lack of knowing me, which he is his word, and then to apply me with my wisdom. Situations, circumstances come. We don't apply the word of God. We complain about it. We don't pray the answer. We pray the problem 
inviting once again tragedy. Your prayer is the key instrument that the enemy used against you because you pray ineffectively. Mm -hmm. He used your weapon against you. He disarmed you. He disarmed you with your prayer. Take it out of your hand. Now put the gun to your head. Mm -mm. Mm. Because you're praying ineffective. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Apostle Paul states this. The simplicity of success in living a better life is what I've learned, I apply. Sound too simple, doesn't it? Mm. So simple, say it again. Apostle Paul states the simplicity of success in living a better life is what I've learned, I apply. He said, that's a secret. <laughs> he said, I'm willing to share with the entire body of Christ. What I learned, I apply. Almost like this. Uh, I want to pass the test. And I tell you, the simple thing, study. Mm. Sounds too simple, huh? <laughs> but it's just that simple, study. Apostle Peter tells us this, and this is so excellent. God's willingness is multiplied to individuals as he gains the knowledge of God. God's willingness is given to you when you gain the knowledge of God. Every time you gain the knowledge of God, he gives you a willingness to want more of him because you don't will yourself to want more of him. Not naturally. You don't will yourself to want to do his will. So he's saying, every time you read my word, you receive multiple infusion of your willingness to serve me. Break it down. Because at first... The more you don't hear the word, the more you're not willing to hear the word. Makes sense, don't it? Simple. The more I don't read the word, the more I don't want to read the word. You're not willing. But every time you read the word, he gives you. So awesome about it. He gives When you have an encounter with him, you leave with wanting more of him. Amen. See, it multiplies. Mm. Your willingness multiplies every time you're in his presence. But the longer you're not in his presence, the more you don't want to be in his presence. So this could tie into when you're out witnessing mm -hmm. or you're out and signs of following, you're gonna, the more you see this happening, mm -hmm. the more you're going to want to go out That's right. and do yes. and let him work. Because okay. he mm -hmm. multiplies That's right. in you because you're not going to be, when you eat natural food, you kind of get tired of certain kind of food, right? And yeah, you, you want do. something else different. So with the spiritual food, it's simply spiritual food. And you just don't, you either want it or you don't want it. Can't decide, okay, I want something else of the spiritual food. It's just spiritual. So he gives you a multiplied increase of wanting more and more and more of him spiritually every time you have a visitation with him. So that could be the difference of the fire and not the fire. That's right. And so when you actually... Uh, in the presence of God, you're receiving his word. You are allowed access to his provisions for you. Say that. Okay? <laughs> when you're in the presence of God, you then allow access for his provisions for your life. Otherwise, when you're not in the word of God, you have no access to his provision. Mm. But you're praying them, though. Lord, I want this. I need that, I want this, do this, do that. But you can't receive his provisions if you're not walking up right, if you're not living the word of God. If you're in disobedience. Amen. And you access his provision through these four stages. First of all, you have to know his word, mm. receive his word, believe his word, and act on his word. Know, receive, believe, act. Four words. Simply means to know him. Receive him. Believe him. Act on what he said. So now let's explore our foundation and supporting scripture concerning disarming tragedy in our lives. Genesis 3.1 is our foundation scripture. And I was still asking, I was still asking God, what, what are you talking about here? I, I was trying to tie things in at first, and naturally that's what I was trying to do, and it wasn't fitting. So 
Mm -hmm. I just let Holy Spirit do his thing. Genesis 3, 1, and it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And I was like, what does this have to do with disarming tragedy in our lives? Read it again. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? First of all, I, I want to talk about briefly what serpent means. Uh, the older Greek translation of the word serpent means poisoner. He is considered to be a one who's poisoned people. Okay? He's known to poison, poisoner. So when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge, he chose calamity. There were the tree of life there, and there was a tree of good and evil. And he ate from not the tree of life, but the tree of good and evil. Actually, the knowledge of the good knowledge, and evil. The knowledge, knowledge of good, of good and evil. Because they're both knowledge trees. So he chose calamity. And when he actually bit the fruit, whether it was an apple, orange, or a tangerine, or a banana, <laughs> his tongue was poisoned. His tongue. So from that day forth, he couldn't choose his words correctly. Mm, mm, mm. This is good. And Satan here in the form of the serpent, um, and just speaking about him being subtle, mean that he would say cunning. They use word like cunning. Um, and when you start to look at these various terms of what, how they try to describe Satan, it's more that when a person is considered to be cunning, or subtle, they are, something else is hidden that you can't see. Something else that they're saying, but they're not saying. It's something being concealed when he's communicating. On purpose, he is really trying to change the form of how he's trying to convey what he knows is the truth. But you don't know that it's a lie. It came out as a truth. And even his, his way of communi communicating, it was beautiful. It sound good. And he said, he said yeah, have, it, have God said? Right. Have he, God he said. Put, he mm -hmm. inserted mm -hmm. the doubt. Right. And another word for uh, Satan in the mm -hmm. garden as well is nakash. Mm -hmm. And nakash is the shining one, the mm -hmm. serpentine, actually. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a deeper study into... Mm -hmm who he is, mm -hmm. or the name, the kosh, mm -hmm. the nakash, or uh, the shining one. Yes, right. And I mean, you yeah. know, just, I, if you really want to know what's happened, you have to do a study on the garden. Yeah. And what's really going on, but we don't want to, they don't want to go into Genesis. But go ahead. There was even a innocence about him, Ooh. about Satan. Uh oh Yeah, see, this is how <laughs> your trick, this is how most female trick even by the men that come to the life because there's an innocence about I love you, but I don't love you. I love, there's a, see, it, he looked good and he sound good. He was the shining one. Mm -hmm. The cuss. Okay. That was even what appeared to be, mm. what appeared to be innocent. Go ahead. Y'all be taught up in here. And what was most disturbing to God was this, is that Eve just like the church was a virgin, the bride that was really taken, her, her purity and her innocence by what was trying to betray to be innocent himself, Satan. And the thing about it, even in what he said in the lie, I saw still God. Mm -hmm. Because he said, have God said. And the thing about it, what did God say? Find what is written. Mm. He actually gave her the answer, have God said. So, tree of life uh, and tree of knowledge of good and evil, blessing or calamity. So, like I said, he, he lost control of his words. And, and just to give you uh, an example of that, let's say, for instance, 
um, give a real life situation. I like to use the husband and wife to say the husband's out waiting in the car for the wife. She's going to the store. And then she says she's only going to go in there for five minutes to get two items. And she's in there half an hour. All right. So. Just a half? Okay. An hour. Okay. She's in there for an hour. <laughs> and so the husband is saying to himself, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be angry. She, but she, as she approaches him, Something about the situation now totally changed. Nothing that she said or did. It's that he just can't control his words. <clears throat> the fallen nature can't control their words. So, of course, there's a heated argument because we can't control our words. And I was sharing with Pastor, even when they were saying that the... Oh, I can't even go on that. Can't do that yet? I can't do that. Okay. okay. You're going to, though. Yeah, I want to, but <laughs> we got a lot to cover. They be like, don't say that. Either. Oh, okay. man. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> you know, when, you know, we, we are always told that Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree, you don't know. Tell <laughs> you got to tell them. <laughs> okay. Is that okay. okay. You know, they finally realized that they didn't have any clothes on, right? right? And so they had to go and, you know, kill the animal and take, well, you know, the fur and put it and cover themselves. What we don't realize, and I realized this in my study, is that it wasn't their nakedness to what they were covering. Mm. What they were covering was their, their mortality because they were immortal. Before they ate from the tree, they had immortality. But when they ate from the tree, they became mortals like yourself, not. Oh, oh no covering. And covered. Jesus, my just God. Just like, it's, uh, it's symbolic from, just like with the, oh, uh, God has covered us. <laughs> it, she said. Because he, he could, he can't look upon us and because there's sin. Oh. We're still clothed in this flesh. That's why he turned, he turned his back. He had to turn on his back on Jesus, his on the, on, the, on the cross. Oh, my God. Because at one point, he took on the form of mortality, oh. being mortal. So we think, oh, because, you know, they didn't have the clothes on, they saw their, their nakedness. No, their nakedness was their mortality. Not their bodies. Oh, y'all been taught so wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway. They're going to have to get the tape and listen to this yeah, again. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot going on right there. And see, this is why you're now covered been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ because of the Father look upon you in which he can't because when it comes to sin, just like he couldn't even look upon his own son, he mm. had to be covered and atone with his blood. Mm. All symbolic. <laughs> now, let's support your scripture here. Um, we're in Luke 6, so 43 through 45. And keep in mind what the foundation scripture was talking about in Genesis 3, 1, is that when... Eve and Adam bit from that uh, apple, orange, whatever it was, is that he poisoned his tongue, which caused the whole body to be poisoned. That's why now he took on now mortality. And not now knowing how to choose his words right. The tongue, okay? Are we in Luke 6, verse 43 through 45, and it reads, it is impossible for a good tree to produce bad fruit, mm. as impossible as it is for a bad tree to produce good fruit. Do a man not know what a tree is by its fruit? Mm -hmm. Can you not pick figs from a bear's or a, a gather a, a bunch of grapes from a blackberry bush? A good man produces good things from the good stored up in his heart, and a bad mm. man produces evil things from his own stores of evil. For a man's words will always express what has been treasured in his, his heart. heart. I was in a uh, J.B. Phillips new translation, in case you were trying to find out what translation that was. Um, again, it's impossible for a good tree to bear bad fruit. A good tree with good roots cannot produce rotten apples. Your heart. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. He's saying is that... What you store up in your heart is expressed 
through your mouth. Mm. Good gracious. What is stored up in your heart is what comes out of your mouth. Mm. And the person said, well, I was upset. I was mad. You know, I didn't mean what I said. Yes, yes you, you did. did. You know why? Because you've been storing it up. Mm. It didn't just happen just now when we start to talk. Uh -oh. You, it was a thought and thoughts. If you dwell on them, you give it birth. Speech. And when you give it birth, you give it an image. And when you give it an image, you give it a thought pattern. And when you give it a thought pattern, you give it ownership to take seed in your heart. Mm. I couldn't repeat that again if I had to. Get the CD. <laughs> Listen to the CD. Again, a man, what he expressed out of his mouth is what's been stored sort of. in his heart. Person who's angry, they don't just become to be angry at that moment at you. Store it up. Or upset with you at that moment. You've been storing up different things about me in your heart throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. And when we came to this, mm. this event or this situation, it's what has brought this out of your heart because you've been storing it up. I've always said to my girls is that a Friend is this, a one who's there for you when you need them the most. most. And, uh, and when it comes to, this is why we got to be careful about when we say friend, because we have to be careful that things. Now, I was telling, I don't know if it was Pastor or whoever I was telling, is that I'm very careful about when a negative thought comes that I don't receive it. Because when you, when you receive the negative thought, you give it an image. And the image that you give it, will be the image that you see when you see that person every time. Mm -hmm. And it stores up more feelings. Yep. And that image of that person gives you more feelings and more feelings. This is why you find it hard, almost impossible to forgive because of the motion picture that you keep playing mm. in your thought pattern. Oh, my goodness. That one, got, that one got reached right over there. That's really good. That's really good, though. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. And this is what you need to hear today. Because we're talking about the tongue being poisoned. And he says, it's not what goes in that defiles the man. Mm -hmm. It's what comes out of the mm -hmm. mouth that defiles the man. Yeah. And you, and you live really out of your heart. Mm -hmm. You live out your heart, whether it's fear. But it's birth mm -hmm. through. It's not birth in your heart. Mm -mm. It's birth in your thought pattern. Good God. Your soul. And when you give it a place to live, to dwell. Grow. It gives it more, you feed it more, and it's almost impossible. This is why church people find it impossible to forgive. Yeah. Uh. It's impossible to forgive. You know why? Because you have stored, it's so much that's stored up. And when you store something up, it's, it's, you have a high volume of inventory. Uh -huh. And kids can do this with their parents. Mm -hmm. Leave y'all out. The things that you, your parents tell you and they, they clean up your chores and this and that, and you, you start to have a negative feeling about your parent, or you say a word. Yep. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. Is that now when I see my parent, I feel a certain way because you that thought pattern has given you an image. Well. Mm -hmm. And automatically you have a position of attitude against that person because of your initial thought pattern. The very person that's buying you clothes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have a room. No, you don't. You don't have a room. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have a room. I'm going to let you know that. This is and my room. And you are yet passing through just like we are. You don't have a room. <laughs> you soon to get your own house one That's day. That's not your room. That's not your room. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Keep out. So we're going to talk a little bit about good or evil. And it's your choice. It's your choice to live good or evil. Mm. Huh? Where did this thought pattern come from? Mm -hmm. It came from the fall. It came from when Adam ate from the tree. It brought into this world disobedient. It brought into this world being a confusion. What's right and what's wrong now? And not having the knowledge now of life, of the tree of life, and we're all trees. You are a tree because we can bear fruit. Mm -hmm. How is the foundation laid? Yeah. And this is what happened in our family is that we had the wrong foundation laid. Your roots yeah. are wrong. Yeah. And they're not deep because if it, the roots aren't deep, any wind or any doctrine mm -hmm. can come and pull that tree out of the ground, out of the source. Amen. It's good. So you should have deep roots, depths, determined heights. Amen. Amen. Good or evil, it's your choice. You say what you have, and you have what you say. Uh-oh. Uh and everybody working in that one. <laughs>
good or evil. Mm. It's your choice. And it seems like the negative stuff happened faster. It's yep, because you, because you what? You believe that. Right. right. You don't doubt. You, you don't, don't doubt, doubt the one. negative. You don't doubt mm -hmm. the lie. Yep. Words are powerful. You Words. say what you have, mm. and you have what you say. You have what you say because you say what you have. And it's a vicious cycle. Mm. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying to your kids? What are you saying to your spouse? What are you saying? What you say is what you have. Stop and look at your life. This moment, what you say you have. And you've been saying a lot in your life. And all what you say you have. Star says she wants to have her own dance studio. Prior to that, you've been saying, I'm, I want to go back to school. I want to get my BSI. Now you have what you say. You, don't, you just don't wake up in the morning and just go do something. You say it first, mm -hmm. right? So what are you saying? You have, to, you have to start saying the word of God if you want success. I'm hopeless. You shall have what you say. And you have what you said. I can't find a job. And that is the vicious cycle, cycle. that you live in. So he's using your prayer that you should be using mm -hmm. against you. Yep. We're talking about disarming tragedy in your life. Disarming calamity, pain, unnecessary problem, hurt in the Christian's life. You never go beyond the place you are now nor have more than you have unless you say and believe something that you don't have. You never go beyond where you are now, nor have more than what you have now, unless you say and believe something you don't have. Say and believe something that you don't have so you can have what you say. It works. It's the truth. It works either way, mm -hmm. good or, or bad. bad. Evil or good, it's your choice. What will you say to what you have? But I love the other part. You st once you say it, you still have to, you still have to apply. Mm -hmm. You still have, a, have to have a corresponding action Believe to what you say. and act. That's right. I mean, just, just like where y'all sitting there right now. We said over here, y'all remember? Mm -hmm. Okay, you look at it. You can remember mm -hmm. being over here. That's right. You can remember, but look where you at now, because we said it. Mm -hmm. But I said it before we could see it. Right. And I said, I need some agreement, right? Right. Look at you. Told Diane, said, we're going to be in Thanksgiving. What? We were in here on thing, But I had to do some things to make it happen. But I, had, but I said it. I truly it's believe, just, and like we that. don't take this, uh, mm -hmm. we take this lightly. When, when the children give their offering, and Darius' daughter, Leah, I think she gave a penny towards she found one so getting, getting this place here. Mm -hmm. And then not only did she believe, but then she wouldn't know when are we moving in. And we're still on the other side. You shall have what you say. Keep this in mind, Proverbs 18, 7. That's good. A fool's mouth is his destruction. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 18, 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his life. Mm. His lip is what entraps him. Good gracious. Man, everybody and his mouth is what brings calamity, destruction, hurt, and pain. That's good. It's a fool's mouth does. So at some point, we all have been fools, and we've all said some things. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe it, was just, maybe it was just me. No, we all have. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. But this, they're not talking about the sinner. Mm -mm. They say the righteous, righteous, we're talking about Christians here in both cases. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. That's that Christian is standing right beside you with a, a heart all wrong towards people, mm. but hands up and praying and, and, and shouting and sometimes even falling out. This pastor was talking about, you know, yeah. we're going to be true when it, when it comes to our prayer, our worship, our praise. He said, he said but they're going to be in trouble in your stead. Yep. The righteous, the righteous is those who walk upright. So when we don't walk upright as Christians, we're considered to be Wicked. wicked, you're twisted. That's what wicked means, twisted. You're twisted because you're saying that you love God, but you don't obey God. Jesus prayed to the Father, and he said this. He said, 
I'm not praying that you take them out of this world because mm. they're going to experience trouble and yep. disease, sickness, and these types of things like this. But what I'm praying for is that I'm praying that you would keep them from allowing evil to overtake them. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but I'm praying that you keep evil away from their footstep, from their, from their doorpost. He, he's saying, this, he, this is why he said, there will be no evil that will befall you or come near your dwelling. See, no evil will come near your dwelling. Where do you dwell is the question. This is in the, in the book of uh, John. Where do you dwell? Because as a righteous, we should dwell in the presence of the Lord. Lord. But if not, he said, then evil, it does befall us. It does come near your dwelling. It does come to your own. You will experience sickness, tragedy, destruction, ruin of relationship, marriages because of your lips. The things that come out of a person's mouth build someone up, and from a woman especially, you can tear down the best man. You can destroy a king in an hour and a kingdom probably in a week. You sure can. It's called war. I remember some time back, Pastor said, it's, it's not what you say sometimes, it's how you say it, and it makes me just feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say it so good, he said so bad. So you gotta be, see, it's something about a woman, how she can say, well, and he could say the same thing, but it doesn't a man could say the same thing, thing to another man. He, he's stupid, right? Yeah. There, there ain't no man gonna be like, okay, well, you too. But, <laughs> but a woman that say that, mm. it come for your pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It come for your intellect. Yeah. Your yeah. manhood. It come yeah. for. Yeah. It come for your ego. Yeah, yeah. A woman say it. It tear you to destroy. Tear you down from the top. A woman would just. Oh, she would tear it up. Like an explosion. That's right. Like, wait a minute, I thought the war was over there. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not the enemy. <laughs> so how do we bring tragedy or calamity into our lives? How do we do it? What are the things that we do to bring all this chaos and mm. disorder in our lives and hurt and pain and unnecessary problems? Unnecessary. One, we bring it in when we oppose our own self. You oppose yourself. Break that down for them. Later in the study. Okay. Because it's number one. Yeah, it is number one. It's number one. Opposing ourselves. Two, wrong thinking and wrong speaking. Three, wrong praying. Believe that or not. Ooh. Prayed it down. Sure did. That dirty prayer. <laughs> the heart wrong. Thanks. I'm the heart's wrong. The heart is wrong. Is wrong. I, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing that little Cat. No, you're not. Because <laughs> he's dirty hands. <laughs> raise, raise your dirty hands. Anyway, that's y'all seen that? Y'all. That's a little. Is that the copycat thing y'all it's seen? It's a copycat look okay. on the uh, app. Yeah. <laughs> Tomcat. Tom there it is. All right. Raise your filthy hands. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we have one opposing ourselves to wrong thinking and wrong speaking. They kind of go together. Yep. Three, wrong praying. Four, wrong foundation. Mm. Five, not knowing God's will. These last two is a whammy. Six, mm. strife. Seven, unforgiveness. A foundation. How do we bring tragedy or calamity into our lives? These are the entrance for tragedy or calamity to enter our lives. And when it, again, when it enter your life, it's not only you, but it's your seed, your mm. children, and their children, generation to come. So the things that we do are generational. And as much as we think we love our children, we need to reconsider what we're saying, how we conduct ourselves, because you are their God. You are, you are the person that they look up to until how I'm supposed to respond to things, how I'm supposed to live, what are the rules, what are my conduct. The children look to the parents as the example. And if there's any time that you're not being an example, you need to say this. This is the time I actually would tell my kids, I said, don't listen to mom right now. She's, she's just talking foolish. <laughs> I t- I'll tell them she because this, this, is not, this is not of God right now. I, and I, you, you, need to, you need to know the things that you're saying is not of God. Mm-hmm. You need to know. 
and then make it known to everyone else. What I'm don't saying right now is this. not of God. It's mm -hmm. foolishness. And y'all have heard me say, don't, don't listen to her right now. Yeah. Don't have the mind of Christ right now. How do we bring tragedy and calamity to our lives? So let's break down opposing ourselves. Opposing yourself means you turn on yourself. You are competing against in conflict with yourself. Mm. In a war. Okay. Many people are right in their hearts, but they're wrong in their heads. Opposing yourself. It's like almost like hitting yourself upside the head. You're right in your heart, but you're wrong in your head. Mm. Mm. And that is because you lack the knowledge of God. A lot of us have preconceived ideals. And you just think they're the greatest ideals and you're right. Preconceived. So you come to conversation already knowing you're right. Why even have this discussion then? If you're right, everybody else got to be wrong. Right? So you tell yourself, yep, I'm yep. right. Preconceived ideals will cause tragedy to come your way. Remember, Satan gets his power through deception. You're deceived thinking you're right when you're wrong. Right in your heart, but wrong in your head. Major deception. We can open this one up. And that's what's so sad when it comes to deception. You don't know you're being deceived. You that's don't know that you're being deceived. You don't know things are wrong. Can you imagine you're in the car and there's a, a cliff at the end of the road, but you can't see it, but it's there. And the other person's telling you it's there, but in your mind it's not there. And you think that you're right. And, and as I say, it's the wrong perspective. It's the wrong viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So if I change my perspective I have now, I'm going to have the right what? Interpretation. That's right. That's where, that's, and you can't, I just love mm -hmm. it because you're talking about prayer. That's why mm -hmm. we should always pray from a heavenly realm versus the earthly realm. That's right. Because my perspective is that I can see mm -hmm. now what's going on Amen. in my life and the life of my community, people, whatever, because I changed my perspective. So you, this, this wow. deception is so deceiving. Because, <laughs> I can't use another word. Because you, and then when you try to tell the person, I got a different advantage point. Um, what else is the camera when you said that? No, that's good. Deception, see, Holy Spirit just be doing something. It makes you look crazy, yeah. but you're now not watch crazy. watch it, it's in, it's in action right now. <laughs> is that, deception is this, is that the camera is out of focus, but you see it as focus. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have 20-20. You don't, you don't see that it's out of focus. It's like your life is out of order, but you think it's in order. Mm. You're looking through the wrong lens. Look through the lens of the Word of God. Bam. Wow. Change the shuttle. I'm talking a little photographic language. Go ahead, I limit myself <laughs> on that. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> it's time for recovery. Amen. I'm going to um, talk about recovery. Come back. But other than that, there's going to be a part two uh, because... Inviting tragedy and calamity in your life is, uh, is a very sad and sad state um, to do for you to invite it yourself. It's one thing if it comes on its own, but for you to send out an invitation to tragedy, come over here, this is my house, I live at 5334 Defort Road. Mm -hmm. um, it's time for recovery. It is an act of our, our own will that we give ourselves over to Satan. It's an act of your own will that you give yourself over to Satan's snare. He doesn't come and take you over. He doesn't come in and destroy your family. He doesn't come in and destroy relationships. He comes with deception. He comes with any type of negative one word that you may have. And then he whisper on that one word. And then you add your feelings with that one word. And then you put a sound to now your imagery, which now makes it to be a part of your life experience. It sounds real loud and clear to you. It sounds right. The things and the, the words that uh, we ascribe to people in our life. And, and like I said, the, the enemy only use what's in you. So what are you storing up? He can't even manipulate anything that's not of him that's not in you. I want us to quickly turn to uh, 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. And I didn't realize that this, is, um, this was a scripture that uh, my former pastor, 
K.L. Warren had given me. And as a teacher, I would, I had no patience. I had none. None. At all for people who wouldn't just get it right. Or foolishness. For foolishness, really, you know. I'm trying to be real. Uh, and when will they get it right? And why we got to keep going back and revisiting the same thing? And why do I have to be a part of these people who can't get it right when I have things right? You know, and so he gave me this scripture about, at that time, where he really dealt with patience. And, and the you way voiced that he, it just like you said, too. Yeah, the way that he you shared showed it, it You voiced me. it to him just like that. And it talks about being apt and ready to teach. But what he didn't share with me, mm -hmm. and I'm sure it was just for this time, that this is a really broad spectrum scripture for every individual that is a child of God. And it reads, um, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome. That means not be confrontational, uh, not to be argumentative, not having any kind of contention, content for anyone. So when I read deeper into the scripture, it was like, wow. I didn't get all that when he was talking about patience with people. He said, you can't contend, don't have contention with people. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all. Mm -hmm. We can't contend, have content for anyone. He said, don't be argumentative, not in your, just in your verbal communication, but in your posture. Don't have a stance of being confrontational. He said, your position and your posture should be a posture of kindness to all. He said, able to teach. Each, every one of us. Able to teach. Mm. I thank the men of God for uh, sharing the scripture to me because it came back even in my study when I got more from it. And this has been an integral part of me becoming um, a well-balanced teacher. And we're all, in some respect, a teacher. You're a teacher to your children, teacher to your spouse, and you're a teacher to anyone who comes in your presence. You are teaching them something. Mm. Righteous. And the question should be, what are you teaching? What are we really teaching our children? Able to teach. Patient when wrong. Patient, again, he said, is the spiritual force that girds up and holds your faith. So your faith doesn't fail and cause you to sin. I don't know, this scripture is giving me a certain attitude while I read. Do y'all feel the attitude? <laughs> but it's a spiritual attitude. <laughs> a righteous indignation, right? It said, be patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. This scripture needs to be just something that is a sounding board for the body of Christ. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. I'm going to read it again. This is so good. Yes, Pam? I actually wanted to do one reading. Oh, look, look at him. He wanted to do it so bad. He's a pastor. He just loves, he loves the word. Pastor, go right ahead. <laughs> Y'all see how she wrote some kind words right it there. It was kind, kind. Right. Build me up. Listen. <laughs> and, um, in the New Living Translation, I love it. It said, the servant of the Lord must not be quarrels, quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, mm -hmm. be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gentle instruct mm -hmm. those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's mm -hmm. hearts, and mm -hmm. they will learn the truth. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, Perhaps their hearts will be changed, changed. because of your example. Mm. He's talking to Timothy. Or perhaps their heart won't be changed because of your example. Perhaps. Are you causing someone to fall because of your walk, or are you causing someone to grow? The Lord's bondservant, he said, you are his servant. You must not be confrontational. You. Your position, your posture, your, don't hold content, don't be contentious. But be kind to all, mm. able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, 
correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them. He said God, not you, but perhaps God will. Because of how you are conducting yourself, God will be able to bring this person out of the snare of the enemy. Because of the way you acted. Because God is love. Mm. Well, this is good. You yourself should be able to teach love. That because of your love demonstrated that you will draw those away from the snare of the enemy. enemy. My God. Until the presence of our Lord and Savior because of his love for you. Because guess what? You are what that person. Me, you, you, and you. How can anyone have a chance with us being quarrelsome, contentious, and when we get to strife and unforgiveness, my God, it is like the anthem for the church, strife. Not here. And unforgiveness. Not here. He said, because you operate in love, you will allow, your love will release the trapping of that person from the enemy. Your love will break the chain off of that individual from the captivity of the enemy because someone else's love brought you out of that snare of the enemy. Amen. 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 I really pray that the word of God, this, is, this was a difficult teaching for me because of the, the fact that I guess where God has just taken me is this. I'm finding myself studying more and more hours because the word is for you first. It was for me even as a teacher first. Am I contentious? Is my posture, is it the way that I move and talk? Yeah, and people, I'm not going to change for nobody. You're supposed to change not for nobody, but for everybody. Good God. <laughs> That's supposed to have been already, that change supposed to happen when you had your new birth. Amen. You're right, you're not going to change for nobody, but everybody. Mm -hmm. So that you can draw men unto God. Because it's not about you. Amen. Oh, that's so beautiful. Why aren't you willing to totally die? So someone else can live. Amen. God's going to find something out in this teaching that once you hear the revelation of what unforgiveness and with a position it puts you in, okay. that's in strife, because they are sister, they're kinship. They are the two most evil twins in the demonic realm. Unforgiveness and strife, and how they work hand in hand, and how you could be placed in a position of putting your salvation in jeopardy, and how quickly you should forgive. Amen? Amen. Amen.